as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Well, it's another episode of the As Bold as Lions podcast, and uh, great to have you join me today. Welcome, whether you are a first-time listener or a returning listener, so good to have you uh, with me for the next few minutes. And uh, finishing up today um, a series that was just kind of a a small three-part series on prayer, prayers of the Bible. Um, Just uh, some things that actually blogged about a few years ago, 2019, I believe it was. And uh, these, some of these were some of the blogs that still get quite a few um, clicks and I guess downloads, whatever you want to call it, that that people go to um, through web searches, especially the first two that I shared, the um, the prayer for the sun to stand still, the prayer inside a whale, both of those being pretty highly um, searched terms or something that, that still come up and that people look at the blogs that I wrote on those and, and being that's the... Uh, kind of the script that we use for, uh, that I use for the, the podcast. Um, not all the time. Sometimes I'm, I'm writing solely new podcast scripts for certain things. Um, you notice I don't blog as much as I used to, if you, if you follow this. So, um, so a lot of times I'm turning that blogging time into uh, podcast script writing time. And I'm, Learning that as you do podcasts, and I'm into this 80-some episodes or whatever already, but I'm still learning that this is what people do. And uh, certain formats of podcasts are, are, are more interview-type things or uh, group one, two, three discussion-type uh, formats. And um, hopefully, if, if you've found this podcast helpful, you're... Um, kind of vibing with the, the format and the content where it's, it's usually just me reading something. Sometimes I've, uh, brought in my wife. We've, uh, had some great discussions in the past too. Would love to get her back on at some point. Uh, a lot of that just comes down to time and, uh, a period of, um, the a time of the day where we have some quiet, um, uh, time to, to record. So you can imagine a household with, her and I, and then five kids and busy schedules that, that sometimes that's hard to, to carve out. And, um, a lot of times a lot easier for me to just sit down with a microphone and, and, uh, and go over a topic. So hopefully, like I said, that, that is something that you, um, enjoy if you're coming back. And specifically with this series, if this has been something you've, um, gotten some, benefit from if you've listened to either of the other two episodes on on prayers of the bible that i've done that's something you'd like to see more of in the future 
let me know uh, if there's some other topic that you're you're kind of interested in. I always will take recommendations or uh, books of the Bible or certain things that that thematically affect us as Christians that are important to discuss. And uh, I've got some kind of things in the back of my mind that are rolling around that I I hope to to dive into either through the end of this year or now going into 2023. It's kind of crazy that we're already kind of setting up for a new year and and what will be coming um, down the pike. And uh, the next podcast I do. It should be one that that comes out at the beginning of October, but then, as I've mentioned already, taking the rest of October to kind of hit pause and um, focus on a few other things that I need to do, and then hopefully hit the ground running back in November. So October will be a good time to just kind of go back through the catalog. If you've um, checked out As Bold As Lions, this podcast, to kind of see what what maybe have I missed that I haven't listened to before. And hopefully all of it kind of is, uh, I guess the term is evergreen. Things uh, are still applicable if you go back a year or two or three. And um, if it's not completely outdated and I wasn't talking about something that we no longer really have to think about, hopefully it's all evergreen and, and still relevant to um our time right now in, in 2022. So uh, as we get started today, we are looking at a prayer, which you may at first glance say, how is this a prayer? This is kind of, um, this doesn't fit the format as much as I think the other ones do. But uh, it is in my mind, I guess I, I'll, I'll just uh, pull the, the trump card here and say, I, I think it is. Um, Isaiah 6, verse 8, this prayer of Isaiah, and really it's a a kind of a responsive prayer, very quick um, from the the standpoint of Isaiah to the Lord. Um, And I just want to read that as we start. Um, Isaiah 6, verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. That's Isaiah saying, Here am I, send me. Uh, Kind of a a subtitle of this, Whom Shall I Send? That uh, being the response, the question the Lord puts forth in Isaiah, the response to that. So um, this background, we've covered a few different varieties of prayer uh, in these two other episodes. We We know the Bible has a lot to say on this topic. There's a lot that we can pull as we um, shape and formulate our own prayer lives, and even we could we could go to the Lord's Prayer in the Gospels and and have a lot to dig into on that prayer alone. You probably heard sermons and messages on the Lord's Prayer and just kind of walking that whole thing through. I think I did a blog um, on that. But a particular topic a few years ago as well, and um, you know we've seen the 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 miraculous type of answer to a prayer that Joshua um, offers on the the battlefield. You know, asking the Lord to hold the sun in place so that the army of Israel can um, have the daylight to win the battle. We've seen this kind of uh, heartfelt, but prayer of desperation from Jonah as he's in the the belly of of a whale, of a fish. 
So today, you know, it does seem a, a little bit unconventional because it's it's kind of a response to what's already been asked, and it's very short. But I think our prayers can can take these these different directions with the Lord. It's not necessarily always this is what it looks like, and I think we're dialoguing with God constantly. You know, Paul talks about pray without ceasing. I think there's this attitude and this mindset, almost just a way of living that we're, we're in this constant conversation with the Lord and in communication with Him from the moment we, we get up to the, the moment we go to bed, that there's just this ongoing um, relationship that we have. That's how we build that. And this, um, this, this sort of response that Isaiah has when we are, when the Lord is asking something of us, um, sometimes that's a difficult thing to say yes to. And as we kind of see here in Isaiah 6, there, there, it can be difficult to, to just say yes to the Lord and say, I'm here, I'm willing to go, send me. But I think that's, that's, that is something that we need to talk about. And I think that reminder in our prayer lives and in our response to the Lord is, is needed. Um, we need to remember that God is constantly looking for hearts that are willing and souls that are, are longing to carry his message. He's looking for those few, you know, the, the old, um, uh, sim, uh, the old thing for the Marines, I don't know if they still say this, but the few, the proud, the Marines, you know, the few, the willing, uh, the Christians, the, the ones that are willing to go and take this mission out. And he still places this, this call before us today. Whom shall I send? Who's, who's, who's willing to step up and go? So as we go into this text, um, we have to see a little bit of the context here because Isaiah six is this um, this view of the throne room, and we don't we don't get this too often through Scripture. But this is one of those times where we we see God, um, and Isaiah is, is giving this this glimpse into this rare place, and then this is Isaiah then retelling what he's witnessed, and. What's going on in Israel is is that he's giving this mantle of, of being a prophet, and Israel is marked by its own sin and disobedience. Like this is this is right within this time of, of leading up to captivity and exile and all these things that are about to come down. There's this this rampant sin throughout the land from the, the kingship all the way down to the people. And Isaiah's this prophet. Um, who's chosen by God? He's uh, given an ear to God's heart, and then he's he's blessed to hear this me- this exchange in heaven, the, the the worship of angels. And as we look at verse three, um, Isaiah verse three, I just want to read this. Uh, he's talking about this the seraphim, the the covering of the wings with their faces, um, verse two, and they're they're flying. And one called to another, verse 3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So this is Isaiah in chapter 6. He's starting out talking about the, this year. This is um, when King Uzziah died. The same year he's seeing this vision in heaven of the Lord on the throne, these, um, this cherubim, the, the presence of the Lord, just being struck with the, 
the majesty of all that. And out of that is coming this call to go that that Isaiah is responding to. Pretty, pretty amazing. So want to dive in, seeing that there's something that we can take from this, even as this seems like, again, this big story that almost is larger than life, and how do we distill that down to our own lives here in 2022 AD to say this still has application and meaning for us? Because when we look at Scripture, there, there's... It's not just this old book that that has a f- bunch of these fanciful stories, and it's it sounds good, and it's kind of heartwarming, and and leaves us with um, you know warm fuzzies. It's it's not that. It's uh it's alive, it's present, and it's speaking into our lives even now, right right now. So we're starting uh, with our first point. You guys know as I go through usually uh, three or four points that we, we center on. Um, in this first point, as we look at the prayer of Isaiah here, Isaiah 6, is that God uses imperfect people to spread his message. He uses imperfect, not perfect people to spread his message. In Isaiah 6, 5, it says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Talking about this already, Isaiah is getting a glimpse of something that the rest of us would only dream about, the the, the magnificent and glory of the Lord. God in all of his splendor, the worship going on, um, at his throne, just full on. This is this is you're in that place. Um, we know because of what Isaiah writes. We know because of what's in Revelation. There's a lot there. Um, we also know in Ezekiel. There's there's some of these just kind of glimpses into the throne room of what's going on, what it looks like. It's it's something completely foreign to us really in, in our time and place uh, on earth um, because we it's 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 like the spiritual aspect if we were to see everything around us that was taking place I think we'd have more appreciation of like this how this all connects to to heaven and, and what's going on there but Isaiah is first taken back by the magnitude of all of all of it. The angel, the train of God's robe, the play, the whole area is filled with smoke. Um, he's just astounded and in awe. And just as much as his first response is to, to try to take it all in, his kind of immediate next response is like, wait a minute, I I shouldn't be here. I'm a sinful, flawed, messed up human being. I'm unclean. And my eyes have now witnessed the living God. And that's where he, he cries out. He's like, woe to me. Like, I'm I'm ruined. Um, maybe he's thinking like, ah, I might not even survive this moment because I'm I'm not holy and I'm in the presence of a of a holy being, my Lord and Savior. So thinking about that and thinking about how Isaiah is given this opportunity despite his his sin 
despite his uncleanliness, um, we we realize he's 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 right in thinking about how where his place is that he's small that he's unworthy, and we can get those glimpses sometimes as well when we're in the presence of the Lord. I don't know if you've had these moments in worship, but you just you realize how awesome and amazing the Lord is, and you're kind of in that place where you're just in reverent awe. But at the same time, you're like, I'm not, I shouldn't be here. I, I don't deserve to even be worshiping before you, Lord. I should be on my face. I should be just laid out. Like they talk about angels bowing down prostrate before the Lord, not uh, uh, not prostate. Prostrate means just fully on our faces before the Lord. And um, I should have that posture as well. Either that or I'm not even worthy to be in the same room as you. But we think of all that, and I think we have to realize that God in his goodness does not leave us in that place of shame. Um, we read an angel comes to Isaiah, and he has this burning coal that he offers, because Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips. He knows like the things he has said, the things he have, you know, out of the mouth, um, uh, the overflow of our hearts, like he knows like the sinfulness that he's expressed and displayed just because of the things that he has said and in needing to have a cleansing um, wash over over him. And an angel comes with a coal from the altar and he cleanses Isaiah's lips. It says, then one, this is verse six and seven, then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. So in that moment, Isaiah has kind of that shame lifted from him just with the angel coming to to him with this, this coal. And I think of the cleansing atonement that comes through the blood of Jesus washing away our guilt, that he offers us that opportunity to be cleansed and um, to have the, the, the woe is me sort of mentality lifted, not to say we're worthy on our own then to, to do anything. It's his cleansing that's come in. It's, it's the, um, trusting in him and, and putting our salvation in him that offers us the ability to then be used. And we then step into what is next, that God is going to call us out. He's calling out somebody to go, and Isaiah is responding to that. He wants to set us apart for service to himself. So this first point we see Isaiah is not perfect. God uses imperfect people to spread his message. Secondly, God is looking for those who will say yes. Um, it's interesting to see this exchange take place as it seems God is actually looking and actively seeking for someone to be his messenger. Um, it may appear that he doesn't know who will respond, but I believe it's a it's kind of a balance of his foreknowledge, um, God knowing everything that will happen, and also our free will. And um, that's not something I'm trying to get into with 
election or predestination or any of those big terms here. Like how God does that, I don't know. And I'm not going to attempt to pretend I know. But somehow there's this balance of the ones he is choosing to use and their free will to respond to his call. And I don't know how that all works. If you do and you're an expert on these things, you can enlighten me. But um, God is calling and looking for somebody to say yes. And He's what he's asking clearly comes at a time when he knows Israel's depravity and its ultimate downfall is, is coming. So who's going to go forward? Who's going to talk to his people? Who's going to be willing to go and proclaim truth? Who is it that is available and, and still believes and has a willingness in their heart to, to take this message? So Isaiah answers the question. He utters the prayer. This is the 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 focus of this blog or this podcast of of what he's praying to the Lord, just saying, um, "Here I am. Here am I. Send me." And that in itself is a prayer. You can pray that to the Lord. You can say, "God, before I go into this day, here I am. I'm coming before you with open hands." I'm willing to be used, send me out. And I think that's something we need to be uttering to the Lord on a regular basis. We need to either specifically pray that prayer or we need to have that frame of mind where we're we're always willing to be used um, and kind of have our spiritual antenna up to say, I'm, I'm looking for the opportunities that you would put before me today. I really believe there's no greater response we can give to the Lord. There's no higher calling or or ultimate aim to just say with confidence before God, I will go. That's quite possibly the most important answer that we can have today as Christians. Only second to just saying yes to Christ in the first place. Like, to say yes to the Lord as Lord and Savior, as, as Jesus, as Savior of your life, that is the first and utmost important thing you can you can make as an acknowledgement and a decision with your life. But the second is then to say, here I am, send me, I will go. And to have those two things is kind of always marking our lives. Like, God, where do you want to send me today? Who, who are you putting in my path? Um... And maybe even further out from that, like, what do you want to use my life for? I lay it down as an offering to you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a living sacrifice before you to be used for your will, for your glory in this world. I think about Isaiah, and, and if he had said no, you know, that, that whole, like, did God already know Isaiah would, would be ready to say yes and available, balancing that with Isaiah had the opportunity to say um, no, I'm not here. I don't send me. I don't want to go. Well, what if he had? What if he just had said no? I think then God raises up another to take his place. And similarly today, if we say no to the Lord, if we kind of shove him away and say, I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not what I want to do. Kind of like we talked about Jonah before. Um, he's going to find someone else. He's going to raise up someone else. 
But I want to challenge us to say, let's not let that torch pass to another person. Let's pick it up ourselves with a resounding send me and then be willing to go wherever he would lead. So God's looking for people who are going to say yes, who are looking and willing to say yes to his call. Final point is that God will supply the words to say. I think that's kind of the fear that we have in saying yes. That what do I do now? You want me to go, you want me to do something. I'm afraid of what the response is going to be to me stepping out, what other people are going to think, how they're going to take it. There's this what and when that kind of follows us in me. Like, what's this going to look like? When does it need to happen? The what for Isaiah, it comes immediately. God's giving him this message. Here's what you need to say to these people. And you can read Isaiah 6. Um, not going to read all that, but you can basically read from Isaiah's response of, here I am, send me. Um, God then in verse 9 through 13, saying, go and tell the people this. And it's not a soothing message, and it's not a popular message. It's not a, uh, you know, name it and claim it and uh, prosperity gospel type of message that he's he's preparing Isaiah for. He's, God's not saying, hey, you guys have done some bad stuff, but um, I'm ready to just bless you guys because you're my people and I, that, you know, I'm going to ignore all the sin and just heap blessings. Like, that's not what it is. And as we read through the rest of Isaiah, which is an amazing book, it's then the unfolding of God, of what God wants to say to Israel at this point in time. There's a strong foreshadow of the Messiah. We, we get to Christmas, um, you know, in a few months and we read a lot of verses from Isaiah, which talk about the coming of Jesus. So that's kind of the what of of like here's here's the here's the message. The win is initiated then by Isaiah's question. He says in verse eleven, he says, "How long, O Lord? For how long, Lord?" And this is also not as easy the message which must be preached. Um, the 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 message that he must give. The win is is until the people's houses are deserted. The fields are ruined, they're ravaged, the sinfulness leads to this point of total destruction, um, abandonment of their home country, and, and being carried off as slaves to a foreign nation. So this is all, this is all um, what Isaiah is then tasked with. And when he said, here I am, send me, he didn't realize, like, this is what's, this is what's to come. This is what I'm giving you to take. But the point I believe to take home in all of this is that when we say yes to God, we must trust that he will provide the words to say and then the means to say them. It's not always going to be a popular message. In fact, most of the time it's, it's going to rub people the wrong way. In today's day and age, you're, you're talking about things that people don't always want to hear and don't want to receive the truth of scripture. It's not a popular message in today's culture. But after saying, here am I, send me, we, we have no 
choice and we have no right to manipulate the message or change it somehow to, to make it easier for people to receive. Like that's not our job as Christians. And we've seen that done badly and played out badly in a number of places. I think the kingdom, the earthly church that we've, we've attempted to build in our own hands and in our own power has failed when we've tried to make this message an easier gospel for people to receive. And I think we see that crumbling in certain movements and ministries that behind the scenes we've seen that there's some there's some definite flaws in leadership that has not stayed true to the message, that has not stayed true to the here am I, send me calling. We're the messengers and we have to be good stewards of the message. As I think too many today are looking for that easy way out. They're looking for the safe, keep it within the lines, Christianity. Don't get too crazy. Don't speak out about too many things. Um, don't apply God's word to real life things like politics or... Um, uh, gender roles, sexuality, don't apply it to business, don't apply it to government, don't apply it to school. Um, this whole separation of church and state, we the, the, the culture takes that so literal to the point of like your religion and your faith has no place in all these other aspects. If that's your private thing you want to do, you keep that to yourself. And for those who kind of want to just keep it safe, it's like, I'll just trust in this as a little bit of fire insurance. And what I mean by that is it's, it's going to keep me out of hell. It's going to, I'm going to get to heaven when I die. I, I had this, you know, level of faith that was just enough to just cross in, get in over, over the finish line at the end. But I don't think people realize God's call requires more of us. It's, it's a weight in some ways, not a, not a burden in a bad way, but it's, it's a weight that carries with it something that flies in the face of doing life easy, of, of taking any shortcuts. If you look at Isaiah's life, you look at his legacy, you see that it points all, all the way to this. It's a great book to read. And his obedience to God brings his words to all the way to throne rooms of kings and down to the lowest common level person in the country, in the whole land. And in response to Isaiah, all must then account to their, for their own actions. They have to take stock of what am I living for? He's a prophet. He's meant to bring this wake up call of God's word straight to their ears. Even more, that message is wrapped up in the hope of redemption. And it's a glimpse to say the story is not over. The Messiah is going to come. And when he does, everything is going to be made right. Jesus' first coming, it's already occurred. We celebrate that at Christmas. We celebrate his coming into this world. We celebrate at Easter uh, resurrection Sunday, the, the death and resurrection, the, the, the reason he came, 
the redemption of sins, all of that has happened. All of that is, in my mind, historical fact. And what I then am led to to believe and bank on is that there is going to be a second coming and that his second coming could be any time, any day. So in light of that, am I living in this with this expectation and also this this willingness to say, here I am, send me, here am I, send me. I'm asking that of myself as much as I am of you listening to this podcast, um, believing that the message is too important to just sit idly by. It's too important to, to live as these comfortable, mamby-pamby Christians who have no have no real drive to do anything more than just whatever the bare minimum is, whatever that is for, for those who want to take that easy road that we need not fear because God goes before us. We talked about Joshua praying into that battle, that God is with us in the battles that we face and he's going to strengthen us. He's going to embolden us. His Holy Spirit is in us as we go forward. And he's going to give us the words that we need. We we spend so much time wrestling over the anxiety of what am I going to say? What is it going to be? What is it going to look like? How are others going to respond? And we have to just go forward in that confidence. And that, that doesn't come, that's not something we just kind of conjure up within ourselves. I believe the Holy Spirit, as we ask for confidence, as we ask for boldness, He's putting it into us. We're getting it through His Word. And we're simply, we're, we're His mouthpiece. If people hate us, it's because they hate the one who gave us the message. And Jesus reflects that. If they hated me, they'll hate you as well. But don't let that keep you from preaching the message. Don't let that keep you from the willingness to go. God will reward your obedience, whether it's in this life or in the next. And he will remember that when there was an opportunity, you were willing to say yes. You didn't say no. You didn't close the door. You didn't, as we say no more and more and more, I believe that Holy Spirit um, kind of thing that he does, that convicting th- feeling in our lives that we are to do something. I believe we just continue to diminish that as we say no. And so it can be good to just spend some time in his word and to say, God, I repent for her, for the things I've said no about, for the unwillingness of my heart to to be used for perhaps looking at myself saying I'm a perfect person, woe is me, I'm a I'm a sinner of, of whatever length, and then saying I I'm not going to be able to be used because I'm too unclean. That's really kind of a prideful thing if we think about it to say that God, I'm too unworthy to say, No, He is worthy and He wants to use you. So let's move forward boldly in His power in response to all that he has shown us. Guys, I hope this blesses you. Again, uh, love to hear from you. Info at DerekCharlesJohnson.com. You can also go to my website, uh, DerekCharlesJohnson.com. You can find 
blogs there, you, uh, links to, to old podcasts. Um, I'm trying to get my video devotionals up there. It's been a bigger task than I've been able to, to figure out at the moment. So I might just put a few of the most current or recent up eventually. Um, but you can find me on YouTube, Rumble, and another site called Gab, Gab TV. Um, I do video devotionals on Mondays and Fridays every week, and as well as um, text devotionals. If you want to sign up for mail- my mailing list, it'll be the same thing in text format that you can get in your email inbox. Um, in addition to that, under Derek Charles Johnson, I do um, worship, ministry, music, singing, um, had the opportunity to go out quite a bit here in the past couple months. It's been great to hit the road and to, uh, just share some songs, lead people in worship, um, just seeing God move through, through those instances. So if you haven't checked out my website, um, that's a great place to discover a few more things about me. And I'd encourage you to go there as always we close with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. This has become our Theme verse for as bold as lions. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, I pray you have a blessed day, a blessed week, and we will see you again soon. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.